Now, presenting live from 401 Maplewood Drive in Jupiter, Florida. Join our family every Sunday morning at 9 and 11 a.m. Today's message brought to you by Pastor Ben Pierce. Well, we want to welcome you to the Heart for the House celebration. Are you guys having fun? This is our weekend to celebrate what the Lord has been doing at Generation Church over the past five years and to give you a glimpse into the future of what the Lord is going to do with us, through us, in your church. And so um, I'm a little out of breath from dancing. You guys forgive me for that. We're just excited about God. We're excited about what he's doing here. And so we want to take a few minutes and we just want to share with you a little bit of the story. So as you take your seats this morning... We want to give you um, just a little bit of a glimpse as to what the Lord has, uh, has done here. You know, we started this church uh, five years ago um, in a school just down the street, Jerry Thomas Elementary. And um, it was a very interesting time. And uh, it was a faith walk. You know, the Lord gives you opportunities in life sometimes where you know he's asking you to do something. You just don't know the fullness of what he's asking you to do. And, and you have to take a step sometimes into some uncharted territory. And when you take those steps into uncharted territory, God begins to do some amazing things. You know, when we were beginning, just beginning down the street, you know, not only could we not picture everything that's happened over the past five years, but I just remember being in those moments, greeting um, at, at the front of the school, just like I do now, wondering if anybody was going to come, any person, like anyone ever. And if they would come back the next week. Yes. You know, we, uh, uh, the very first week that we opened, we had 105 people in attendance. That was like relatives, um, like people that came from. (laughs) We counted everything. Um, People would come from out of town. And when they all went home the second week, um, there was about 35 people there with children and adults and and everything. And so, um, you know, the Bible says in Psalm chapter 1, toward the end, it says, that he will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that will bring forth fruit in its season, that there would be a season, that there is a season for all of us when the fruit comes forth. And the same thing with this church, that God has a season, and over the past five years, we've been through season after season after season, um, and we've just watched God do some amazing things. Um, you know, we, uh, as we were um, in the school, we were there for about 18 months, and then God opened the opportunity for us to move here. So. And, you know, when, uh, when the Lord presented that opportunity for us to move into this facility, uh, we didn't have the means to do that. We didn't know the fullness of what God was asking us to do. We just knew that the Lord was saying, will you? And the only response that we could give was, yeah, we will. We'll do whatever you want to do. And so we got a phone call actually from a lady. Her name is Corolla, and uh, she's a local real estate agent, commercial real estate agent. And so she came to us and said, hey, you know, there's this facility coming available just down the street. Would you guys be interested? And so we talked about the price. And, and of course, um, I was not interested because the... <laughs> The price was way out of range for a church. We were about 80 people at that point. And, um, and so the Lord just began to do some amazing things. We, we were saying yes in little steps of obedience to God. And he did some miraculous things, and we were able to move into this facility. 
So we moved here in January of 2010, and uh, some of you were probably here helping us do the demo to do some renovation and that type of thing. We did Our congregation did, I'd say, 90% of the renovation here in the facility, and um, it was just such an exciting time, and we were just able to watch God take us from 80 people in a space that seemed so big to us, and, and like, what are we going to do with all of this to, um, you know, what we are today, and where, you know, sometimes I was thinking about this last night, there are days when we turn this entire building over three or four times, meaning we have an event in the morning, we have an event in the afternoon, and then we have an event at night. And it's just amazing to watch how not only this initial 5,800 square feet turned into you know, 9,000 square feet and how now we're, we're just at the, we're at the brim of it, we're at the edges of it, and um, it's just so exciting to see. And so the Lord continues to present opportunity after opportunity for us as a church. And I have to say, as the pastor of this church, there's no other place I would rather be because everything that God has presented to us, you guys have stepped up to and uh, you have made it happen. And this is not my church. It's your church. And, um, and I love what God does here. I think about those uh, 35 people in the beginning, and, and I look around at the five or 600 people here just a few years later, and I just imagine what God is going to continue to do. You know, when we stepped through that first initial opportunity that the Lord gave us, it opened up so many doors and, and opportunities of ministry. You know, things that we were not able to do in a school setup. You know, we, we could only rent the place on the weekends. We couldn't do any type of meetings or anything like that. And, and so when we took that step of faith, and that's so often what God does, you take that step of faith, you don't know where you're going, and then all of a sudden God opens up so many ministry opportunities. And I think about your kids that have been ministered to in the kids' church that have given their lives to Jesus your students that are in high school that are facing peer pressure and just the attack of the world and how they get strengthened by Velocity Youth Ministry and and all of the opportunities. I think about the guest speakers that have come here to minister to us, to deposit into us, people like John Bevere and Christine Kane that traveled the world, that came to our little church and ministered to us. And, and all of those things happened because we were willing to take a step. And we were willing to just believe God. You know, in this facility, we've also done incredible outreaches. Um, Many of you have served as part of the Fall Festival, where every year we always give an opportunity for people to receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. Um, Outdoors in this this parking lot, we also do things like um, the Easter egg drop over at Roger Dean Stadium, where um, both years people had an opportunity to receive Christ as their Savior in a public open setting in a baseball stadium. You know, that is because you guys are, are, are amazing and we're all together as one team linking arms for a message and for a person. And that person is, is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. And we are here to make him famous as a body. That's what we do. That's why we do it. You know, the Bible says in the book of Colossians um, that we give him the preeminence, that he is the preeminent thing. He is the first. He is the last. He is above all. So when you think about yourself and why you come to church and, and what we do here as a collective body, It is to give him the first place. It is to let him do what his mission was on this earth to come here and do, and that is the salvation of the world. 
you know, the Lord has laid such a great foundation over the past five years uh, here at Generation Church. And I think about all the people that have been ministered to. I think about the homeless people who are no longer homeless that we marry at the Christmas Eve service and, and whose lives are just changed forever. And, um, and I think about all of those people. Um, you know, it's not about the number. It's about the soul. You know, behind every person's eyes, there's a story. And there's hurt and pain and healing and things that God wants to do in people's lives. And so every opportunity that the Lord presents to us, it's not just an opportunity to grow. It's an opportunity to change lives. And so we've laid with the Lord's help and with your help, we've laid such a great foundation over the past five years. God's done so many great things. 2013 has been a banner year for us. Hundreds of people have given their lives to the Lord. And so we want to share with you a little bit about what the Lord has done this year. We are God's children. We look different, but we are loved the same. We are troubled, but rescued, indebted, but redeemed, discontented, but revived. ends of the earth can't contain us. This is our hope. And this hope we carry shines brightest in darkness through the cracks of the brokenhearted. In our weakness, he's strong. In our death, he's alive ourselves and all else for the privilege of knowing him so we search setting our hearts to seek him we find him with the broken the lost the hungry the thirsty the naked the sick and the captive among whom even we are the foremost And it's in Him we find life, and it's in Him we are found. His resurrection flowing in our veins. A glimpse of eternity and a shadow of our heritage. We are fathers and we are sons. 
We are mothers and we are daughters. We are brothers and we are sisters. We are grandparents and we are grandchildren. We are business and we are casual. We are unique and we are common. We are saved and we are free. We are loved and we are generous. We are misfits and we belong. We are Generation Church. Just as you cannot understand the path of the wind, so you cannot understand the activity of God who does all things. To chase is vanity, but to be carried is venture. So where you go, we will go, and where you stay, we will stay, and by your wind and our sails we traverse. Our eyes shall not wander, nor shall our hearts stray, captivated by anticipation for all that lay before us. give the Lord a big shout and a hand clap of praise for what he's done. So over the past five years, foundation after foundation, opportunity after opportunity, we've walked through them all, we've owned them all, people's lives have been changed, and I want to tell you today that the Lord has presented to us another opportunity to reach more people in our city. And uh, so I'm so excited about what God has in store for us in the next five years. The foundation that we've built on over the past five years is a solid one. And what God has in store for us for the next five years is, is so great. I, I think about uh, Pastor Jim, who was here last week. How many of you guys were here for his message? I think about Pastor Jim and, and what he preached on last week. And at the end of the 11 o'clock service, he had a word from God for us, a prophetic word. And if you haven't heard that, I encourage you to go to the podcast and just listen to that message from last week. Because that word was not just to encourage Melissa and myself. It was a word to you because Generation Church is you. You are Generation Church. And in that word, he began to talk about the impact that Generation Church was destined by God to make, and that Generation Church was a significant house, and that we would make a significant deposit in our generation, and that we would not only minister in our city, in our region, in our world, and in our nation, but that we would minister around the globe, in other countries, and other places, to lost peoples. And you know, for me as a pastor, it really touched my heart because, you know, you start a church or you start something in life and there are things that are on the inside of you that uh, you're a little reluctant to share with people. Anybody have any dreams inside that you're afraid to share that somebody might just laugh if you share what you feel like God's called you to do? And, and so you start a church and it's five years old and you struggle to get people to show up during football season on Saturday nights. And, you know, and, and you just, there's this the ebb and flow of life and ministry. And so, you know, it's five years old. You don't want to share that, hey, we're going to touch the globe. But when the Lord began to deliver that word to us, it, it began to confirm some things that I already felt in my heart. Now, we're not just going to be a church here that serves the city of Jupiter, but we're going to touch from this place. We're going to touch the world, and God's going to continue. God's going to continue to give us opportunity after opportunity to do that, and we're going to continue to rise to every occasion, and we are going to do something significant in our generation. 
It's our generation. It's our lifetime. Once this life is done, we've missed our opportunity. So I encourage you as we get ready to worship the Lord with our heart for the house offering that you do something significant, that you take 2014 and you do something significant with that, that, that you make 2014 the door opening to significance in your life. I believe that this next year is really the opening of that. The things that have been bottled up inside of my heart for the past five years, that 2014 is the year that God is going to begin to allow us to realize some of those dreams and some of those visions. Uh, you know, I think about Abraham. He's a father of the faith. You know, everything that we do and worship today is built on the covenant that God had with Abraham. The faith that we reside in the old covenant it allowed a foundation to be built on a, uh, so that we can have a new covenant. He's the father of the faith. So I began to think about his story, and I felt like the Lord just really, really placed this in my heart for us as a church. You think about Abraham. He didn't really know what God wanted him to do. In the book of Genesis chapter 12, God just says, Abraham, get out of your country. Get out of your, your comfort zone. Abraham, will you just follow me? That's what God was asking. And, and I believe he's asking some of us the same thing today. Will you join in? Will you do what I'm asking you to do? And Abraham said, well, yeah, I will. I'll go. See, Abraham didn't have anything. He was just trying to scratch out a living in his life. He didn't have purpose at that point. He didn't have a covenant at that point. He was just a man living in a desert. But God gave him an opportunity. He said, will you? He didn't know where he was going. Will you, Abraham? Will you go to a place that I will show you? Scripture tells us in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 8, it says, by faith, Abraham obeyed. He obeyed when he was called to go out of the place in which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. And for us, we don't know exactly where we're going in the next five years. God's not telling us all of that yet. He's just asking us today, will you? Generation Church, will you? Will you be a church that takes the city? Will you be a church that reaches your region, your state? Will you be a church that from this place we can touch the nations of the world? Will you? And when Abraham said, yeah, God, I will, God said to him, Abraham, because of that... In blessing, I will bless you. In multiplying, I will multiply you. And your descendants will be as the sand of the sea and the stars in the sky. And God made a promise to Abraham. And many of you today sit in this place with promises in your heart. Things that God has promised you. Things that God has said to you. But you know, the interesting thing about Abraham's story is God promised it in Genesis chapter 12, but it wasn't until 24, 25 years later that God made good on the promise. Abraham waited for a long time, and he took steps of obedience in an unknown land, walked into things that he wasn't able to see, and he followed God through the wilderness. And he got to the place where God was ready to finalize what he had promised. And in Genesis chapter 22, the Lord comes to Abraham. And he says, Abraham, I'm here to test your heart. I want to know where you are. You've been following me for 25 years. Are you really in this for real? 
And the Lord instructed Abraham to bring an offering to the Lord. And again, Abraham answered the Lord and he said, I will. Abraham didn't know the fullness of what God was asking him to do. God just wanted to know, Abraham, will you? And when Abraham said yes to the Lord, the Lord said, I want you to go to this mountain, this place that I'm going to show you, and I want you to offer your only son. And what I think is so interesting about that story is here Abraham is thinking that he has the promise in his hands because this was his only son, the only way that he could have descendants. And now God is asking him to give the key to his future, his only key. Abraham, will you take your son and will you sacrifice him on the altar? The scripture tells us that Abraham got up the next morning and immediately he went on a three-day journey. And as they're walking up the mountain to the place that the Lord was showing Abraham, his son was asking, Dad, where's the sacrifice? And Abraham's response was, the Lord will provide. Abraham told his servants before they left to go up the mountain He said, stay here because the boy and I will return. See, there was something happening inside of Abraham. There was some faith that was rising inside of him. And it was that faith that allowed Abraham to unlock the future that God had for him. And so Abraham and Isaac, they get to the top of the mountain. And Abraham binds Isaac's hands. And he lays him on the altar. And he has fire in one hand and his knife in the other. And he prepares to give the greatest thing that he has the most prized possession, all of his value, his future. He gives it as an offering to the Lord. So he raises the blade and he prepares to sacrifice that most prized possession. And as he does, the Lord stops him and says, Abraham, now, now I know your heart. Now I know you followed me for 25 years blindly through the desert. But now I know you're willing to give everything to me. And I want to read to you the next words. If you would turn your Bible with me to the book of Genesis. Chapter 22 and verse 13. It says, Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram. It was the sacrifice. It was caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide, or Jehovah Jireh. In the mountain of the Lord it shall be provided. Verse 15, then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, by myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing, you've offered your offering to me as worship. And you have not withheld your son or your offering, your only son. Verse 17, blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply you. And your descendants will be as the stars in the sky and the sand on the sea. God promised it in Genesis chapter 12. But Abraham, he didn't receive it until 25 years later when he offered his best. And I believe for some of us today that we have promises inside of us that we've been waiting on. We've been believing the Lord to do this or that. And just as Abraham unlocked that promise, 
with his offering. I believe some of you today will unlock the promise of God that he's made to you by your heart. God gives us opportunities for growth. He gives us opportunities to to see where we are in life, how serious we are about him. You know, we started this Heart for the House offering and the Lord gave us the idea for this. It's a growth step for us. It's a growth step for us personally as a church. I believe that locked inside of us, this offering is going to release what God has in store for us, not only corporately as a church, but individually as people. So I encourage you today, just as Abraham obeyed God, I ask you to obey God. I had the opportunity on Friday to sign some very important paperwork. We've laid a great foundation in 2013 and the previous four years, and God is giving us an opportunity today to bring our offering to pave the way for the future for more people. And so on Friday, I had the opportunity to sign paperwork commencing a lease for the suites next door for Napa Auto Parts. So we're going to expand next door. We're going to expand next door. I've had some preliminary meetings with the town of Jupiter and with our builder and all kinds of things. And so God is giving us an opportunity. We're going to be able to build four to 500 seat auditorium over there. We get to retain everything that we have here. So all of the effort and energy and investment we've made here, we get to keep all of this. And so we're going to make all of this space one contiguous place of ministry for life change to help hurting people. And so I'm so excited about that. So this initial heart for the house offering is to kick off what God is going to do over there. So, um, you know, we could go out and, and purchase land and we could build a building. We could build a four to 500 seat auditorium and it would cost us about three to three and a half million dollars to do that. Or we can move next door and have the same number of seats, the same capacity for $336,000. And that's to build it out to put the chairs in it, do everything that we need to do. And so I believe it's a stewardship act on our part. You know, instead of laying heavy burdens on us, this is the heart for the house. It's our sunny day fund. That, that we would be intentional about what we're doing as a church and the people that we're reaching. And instead of laying heavy burdens on our back because we've squandered our opportunities, let's take this heart for the house offering and let's build this thing out and let's continue to save our money so in five years when this lease is up, we just go out and pay cash for something. Wouldn't that be nice? So if you don't have your heart for the house packet uh, this morning, I want to encourage you to lift your hand up. The ushers are going to distribute those if you don't have it with you, just nice and high so that they can see you. Inside that packet is your heart for the house offering envelope. So we'll give you just a minute or so. If you already have your offering prepared or you need to finish writing, now's the time to, uh, to complete that. So while they're doing that, I want to show you guys. Can you guys put the picture up for the floor plan? So this is the current space that we have. Here's the kids' church and the current auditorium. And then here is the new auditorium, which we're excited about. The new auditorium will have just an auditorium, bathrooms, and a foyer. And so we'll align the entire space together. 
Okay, anybody else need a heart for the house offering envelope? Man, isn't it good to be a part of a, a body of believers? A gathering of the saints in our city that are so aggressive for the things of God that are making a mark on eternity. I love this church. All right, so some of you guys are still writing. I want to give you just a little bit of an explanation as to what we're going to do. You know, in Scripture, in the book of Malachi, it says to bring the tithe and the offering into the house of God. And so we don't receive it. We don't take it. You don't give to a man a ministry or a mission. It's holy worship to God. Isaac was holy worship to God from Abraham. And so in accordance with Scripture today, I'm going to ask you to bring your offering to the front. And so we're going to have some baskets set up here. And after we pray and bless the offering, I want you to get up out of your seats. And I want you to come. And I want you to worship God. And I love this. Throughout all the Old Testament, you see every time that God opened up opportunities for the people, people of God, and they gave, and they, they sowed, and, and they put their hearts and their minds and their resources to the kingdom of God, they celebrated, and they celebrated big. Now, I danced myself out of breath at the beginning of this service, and I would just encourage you. We're going to do one last worship song. I would encourage you, man, just celebrate what God is doing. You know, you guys are in on the ground floor of what God is doing right here. And this is your church. You, you are this church. I love it. All right, let's take our offering. Hold it before the Lord. Father, we thank you for the opportunities that you present us. Lord, we don't always know what you're asking of us. We just know that you're asking. And today, God, while we have glimpses of what you're doing, we don't know the fullness of it, but we just say yes. We say yes to reaching people, God. We say yes to ministering in our city. We say yes to expanding, God. We say yes to uh, helping people who are hurting and hopeless in life. We say yes, God, and today we bring our best. We thank you, Lord, that as we give, that you become Jehovah Jireh, our provider. The ram in the bush would have never been given to Abraham had he not been willing to give first. And so, Father, as we give today, I thank you that you supply the needs of every single person in here so that we can do something for our generation that makes a mark on eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Generation Church, right now is the time to bring your heart for the house offering. Come on, bring it up.